hope everybody can hear me. Um, just give them the thumbs if you can hear me, if you can't hear me. But it's lovely to be uh, in your presence again uh, this morning. I remember last time that was here, that was the first time we were on a lockdown and it's been, it's been a while. Um, I want to continue on the word that I shared the first time that I was with you, which was about revival. And uh, as I was praying over the last few weeks and even up to yesterday, this morning, I sense in my spirit not to rush. So if I can't finish today, then I will finish the next time. And also, um, there may be time for ministry, so I may sense in my spirit to minister to different ones. So we will see if we've got time to do that as well. But before I do that, I just want to say to the church, the whole church, guys, I miss you so much. I had the pleasure to see different ones, but I miss the whole vibe of being together. And I miss the whole church. So before we do that, just uh, write on the chat, you know, I miss you, you know, miss different ones and just uh, just congregate. It's, it's nice to hear that we're missed, but I want to tell you guys this morning, I missed you. So use the chat and then just say, I miss you, you know, so just really together. Uh, together uh, in your presence. So, where we met uh, the first time during the lockdown, I begin to share on the word that I believe the Lord has given me and which talked about the next revival. And this next revival that's coming here is in three phase. Positioning, prepare, uh, positioning, preparation, and empowerment. Last time I share on the positioning, you know, for the next revival. And we talked about what revival was. We spoke about a different previous revival that took place. And also we gave a definition of revival, which is a really God, uh, really rising up a generation of new believers to share the gospel. And during that revival, many miracles taking place. We've got signs and wonders and so on. But there's a word that he's given me, and I had this vision that I want to share, and I want to read with you. This is what he says. I heard the Lord saying that the prayers of the saint is prevailing. I saw the plans of the enemy in disarray. As in a time where the Jews were escaping from the fowl's grip by making the ground muddy, the Lord is delaying the plans of the enemy. I've heard the sound of the trumpet. It was a radical to persevere in prayer and seeking God's face. Then this scripture came to me. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. It is a setback for the enemy's plan, but we need to continue to pray and fast as I see a great move of the Spirit of God being released for a season upon the nations, where many will testify Jesus as their Lord and Saviors with signs and wonders. Then the end will come. That was the word that I received. And this season that we're in, in terms of the lockdown, has created something. I believe extraordinary. It has created for many of us to reconnect with God in a deeper way, in a way that we never done it before. It also created an opportunity for us to reconnect 
maybe with acquaintances, family members that we may have seen for a while, friends that we may haven't been in contact with for a, a longer period of time. And as you look at the world that was taking place you know, when this lockdown carry on through the weeks and the month and, and, and the spirit of fear to be upon the nations, he also creating a bond between people. And I believe that God has used that, that situation to begin to call us. First of all, he has used that situation to reposition us where we need to be. And secondly, he is not in a phase of preparation. And this is why I said there's a free phase in the move of the Spirit of God that's taking place right now. The first one is this positioning that we looked weeks ago. Then his preparation has taken place right now as we hear gathering together. And then the next phase will be the empowerment or the release of the move or the release of the power of the Spirit of God. Now, I said, how do we prepare for revival? I want us to turn, uh, take our Bible and turn to the book of Matthew uh, chapter 25 from verse 1 to 13. Um, and what I want to do this morning is whoever find this portion of scripture to read it so we can actually kind of engage with it. So if you have your Bible and if you have the word ready, please feel free to unmute and read it so we can all read it together. Thank you. Okay, seem to be the first one to have found this portion of scripture. So let me read it. So Matthew 25 from verse 1 to 13 says this. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in, a, in their vessel with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Verse 11. Afterward, the other virgin came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But the answer said, Assuredly, I said to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Amen. Amen. So as we look into this portion of, of scripture here, the first thing that we actually looking into the scripture is very, very, very interesting. It's a very 
an interesting picture that we could potentially miss. When we read this passage of scripture, Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples. So many of us believe in reading scripture, and I heard many commentaries, many scholars, when they read this portion of scripture and say that it's about the end times and the return of the Lord. It's true, but I want to show you something different. And I truly believe that the scripture is also a reference to the Lord speaking to us about living in a personal revival. Now, when we look in this portion of scripture, the first thing that we notice is he's talking about 10 virgins. Now, the virgins here actually referring to Christians. They are pure and they're not given to a lover because they represent a saved followers of Christ. And they say that eight of those virgin had lamp. All are the lamp, which lamp is in representation of the ministry. We found a book of Matthew 5, 14. What the Lord said to us, he said, we are the light of this world. So this lamp that those virgins were carrying was a representation of their ministry. So they were all Christian, they are all a ministry. But the interesting thing, Jesus now decided, begin to divide those ten virgins into two categories. Five were wise and five were foolish. That's a very interesting thing here. The oil which was inside of the lamp is the Holy Spirit. And he also represents the intimacy that we have. So when the bridegroom was coming, only those who were prepared in their heart through the intimacy, the relationship, the connection that they had with the Holy Spirit had access at the dinner table. Those who didn't have the oil tried to buy oil from those who had it. But what was the response to it? They said, go and buy for yourself. And I was wondering, and I was meditating on the word, I was just wondering, why did the wise virgin then share the oil to the one who didn't have enough? Why did they send the five foolish ones to go and buy their own oil? What are we actually saying in this? We can't give you freely what we paid for. The price. You see, the personal revival is about price. But what price those versions are talking about? They're talking about intimacy with the Holy Spirit. They're talking about prayer and fasting. Seeking God's face to obtain it, to get close to it. The Bible says this, draw near me and I will draw near you. You see, to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you can't buy it. You have to pay the price by sowing your life into the things of God. We are here in the lockdown. You know, before the lockdown, our life was pretty busy. My was busy, to be honest. I had a very, very busy life. And I was going up and down going to work in the morning, come back in the evening, spend a little time with the children, go to bed, go back to work, and so on. 
when they begin to shut down this way of us living this speed type of living where we just go and go and go and go and go he allow me to slow down and during this process of slow down i begin to seek god's face more i begin to have more time to seek his face i begin to have more time to spend time praying and really hear what the lord is saying this season that we're in god allowed these things to take place so we can begin to engage with him again and i'd be using that word engage engage all the time because i believe this is a season of preparation but it is a spiritual preparation it is a preparation when we seek god's face when we have time to spend time to pray when we have time to spend time to read the word when we have time to fast even do you know what fasting is very difficult but it is one of the ways to see God's face. The price that we have to pay for the anointing, for the revival to take place is through prayer and is through fasting. It's through seeking God's face. So as we're waiting for God to move in our life, God is waiting for us to get closer to him i can see the time that i used to spend with god before the lockdown and the time that i spend with god now during the lockdown and there has been a shift in my way i'm praying and not only in the way of praying it's what i pray for i believe now this season it is a time for us to begin to engage and begin to ask those interesting questions to the Lord. Let your will be done in my life. What it is that you want from me? We have a plan. All of us have our plan. And as you can see, the word has a plan. And then the coronavirus came and disrupted everything. So we have to adapt. We used to go to church, go to enough to a building, worshiping all together, having lovely food after the after the word, after the church, gathering together. And then the lockdown distract this. But even though we are not together physically, spiritually, we're still together. Even though we can't meet each other on a regular basis. We can still talk to each other on a regular basis. I was very encouraged um, by the woman in our church that keep meeting each other and really joining together to pray together, to share together. And I'm very encouraged for us as a church to continue to pray together. I love when people coming and doing shopping and just send a text message to different ones and they say, do you need anything you know what can i get you i'm going to ask that do you need anything doesn't matter if i'm going to queue for two hours do you need anything i believe what god has created during this lockdown a bond a stronger bond between believers but also a stronger bond between him and believers you see when we look at the ten virgin and the foolish one they had the ministry they had they were christian they had the ministry but 
the difference is having a ministry doesn't mean that God would give us the treasure of revival. You see, revival is always found in a place of prayer. As I was sharing at the beginning of the lockdown, the great revival starts with one person praying in a closet, seeking God's face. God is about to pour out his spirit upon all nations. There is about to be a great revival coming out of it. We are going to experience miracles and we are going to see really the power of God to be released. And I'm actually talking physical power that the early church experienced, the apostle experienced during the ministry of Jesus. People are going to see it. And through that, many will receive Jesus. Many will see Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But it starts with you and I in a secret place as we pray, as we seek, as we call upon his visitation. So in this preparation that we're in now in terms of prayer and fasting, there are three things that I believe that God calls us to do. Living in a place of repentance, having a radical obedience and surrender to him and a lifestyle of prayer. Those, I believe, are the three things that God is calling us in this season to do. The place of repentance. I used to think when I became a, a Christian, a young Christian, I used to think that repentance was only for those who haven't received Jesus. But I was wrong. I think it's actually the opposite. To understand repentance, we have to understand the original Greek word. And the original Greek word repentance is metonoia, M-E-T-E-N-O-I-A. And it literally what it means, it means changing the way we think. That is repentance in a sense. So when John the Baptist preached the message, of repentance, he was preaching a message of a mindset change. Our own mindset has to change. That is repentance in itself. We have to begin to think the way God's think. We have to begin to see the world the way God sees it. It is so important. The question is, are we seeing the world the way God sees it. I'm going to be honest with you. For a long period of time, I've seen the world the way I wanted to see it. I saw the world the way I wanted to see it, not the way God wanted to see it. I have my own desire, my own need, my own will, which truly wasn't the will of God. God had a different purpose for my life. He has a different purpose for your life. It is whether we are willing to listen and to hear what he's saying to us. It took me years to align to the will of God. When you become a young Christian, you are full of zeal and, and, and full of passion for Christ. As my brother, friend, spiritual father Nicholas said to me, you know, be a Christian 
It is not a race, it's a marathon. It's a long process. And that is it. The work that we are working right now is long, is laborious. There will be time where we'll be high and there will be time where we'll be in the low valleys. And during those time, God always says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And right now, God is still with us. Regardless of whether we are in a lockdown, regardless of whether we are in a situation when everything is going well or not going so well for us, God is still here. Radical obedience is such an important key. In working in personal revival, we need to be obedient. We need to completely surrender to the will of God. I love the story of Jonah because Jonah's story reminds me a lot of my own story. So for those who don't know, Jonah was this prophet, you know, he hear from God. God was speaking to him and he heard from him. And God sent him on a mission to go to a place called Nineveh to speak to the people of Nineveh and to let them know that they needed to repent. Otherwise, God would destroy their city. Now, Jonah had a very interesting perception of the people of Nineveh. God's perception was very different. And this is what I said before. We need to see the world where God sees it. God saw a city, a people who actually needed to hear, well, they needed to hear the love of God, but they also needed to hear so they could repent. But Jonah saw something different. Jonah thought there was no hope. When God sees hope, he saw no hope in those people. You see, the Lord, we, we always see hope in people. He will always extend his hand towards people. But Jonah didn't think that. He's pretty much said they're useless. There's no way that those guys are going to change. So I am not going to deliver this word. I am actually to do what I want to do. And we're not talking about some young Christian that just gave his life to Jesus two weeks or three weeks ago. We are talking about a fully grown man, you know, immersed with the spirit of God, conversing with God, a prophet, decided to do his own will. So he is going to the opposite direction. But God put him back. And as he put him back, it put him in a situation when there's nowhere he can go. So, Nick, so Jonah can reflect on what he's doing. He spent three days in the belly of a fish. When he came out of it, his first reaction was a reaction of repentance that he went to Nineveh. And from that moment, it was one of the most significant revival in all history. In just one day, Jonah's preaching, the king repented, so did all the people of Nineveh. They called for fast, and because this, God turned away his judgment on the city. One man obedience 
was an ancient city deliverance. So never neglect the word that God is giving you. Never neglect what God is telling you to do. The obedient is so, so key. I love the other story found in the book of Abraham. Sorry, the book of Genesis chapter 22. And this is a story of Abraham and Isaac. Now, God called Abraham one day to take his son Isaac and to go and give him as part of a sacrifice. Now, you would think someone like Abraham, over 100 years old, just had his son, you know, son, the Bible doesn't really tell you how old Isaac was, but through the scripture that we're reading, we believe he wasn't a child. He was a full-grown man, maybe late teenage, early adulthood, in his early 20s, late 20s, early 30s. Took his own son and brought him to the mount and never hesitated to give a son for the God that he served. What I love about it is Abraham's faith in his God, is Abraham's surrender, but also Isaac's surrender. Isaac didn't fight. As a matter of fact, he carried the wood all the way to the top and in Allah is all grow man father, which was over 100 years old, to tie him up and pull him on the wood so he can be sacrificed. Isaac surrendered the will of the father as jesus surrendered to the will of the father isaac surrendered to the will of the father it is such a powerful story and and really a pray a vision of what jesus was going to do on the cross when he was going freely to allow him to be the sacrifice for all mankind i will never forget that story and as a matter of fact, I will never forget what Jesus has done on the cross for us. He gave everything. And I can just imagine the anguish of the father just giving away. The Bible says John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now. When you say begotted, we're not talking about some young child or just a child. We're talking about somebody that you care so much. As a matter of fact, it is your price, it is your possession, and you give it away. Knowing that many people will receive it, but also many will not receive you, and you still give it away. For humanity this is how much god loves the world his love for us is so unconditional that he gave his only precious price to us knowing that some of us will not receive him so the third point that i want to mention here in terms of the preparation for this revival we spoke about the um, repentance, which is a so important key. We spoke about the radical obedience and the surrender of will to the will of God. The third point 
is a lifestyle of prayer. And I will include fasting and also I will include also reading the word of God in this. God will never send revival to a person who doesn't have a solid and consistent prayer life. Nikki shared last week about prayer and prayer is so important to the life of the believers, but also for the revival to take place. A revival never comes to a church, a city, a region before it comes to a person. It always starts with a person or a group or person in a private place of prayer. If you turn in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and chapter 2, the Bible says clearly that they were in the upper room. And what were they doing? They were not dancing, they were not watching Netflix or whatever device you know today in the lockdown you can watch all kind of program netflix disney plus prime video whatever you call you name it that's not where they were spending their time they were spending their time in an upper room praying fasting seeking god's face and as they were waiting on the coming of the holy spirit when the holy spirit came and they said that there was a sound there was power that was released in those people. And the rest is history. They went out. They preached the gospel. On that day, I would say, but I was kind of timing the preaching of, of Peter when he preached that, that word in the book of Acts. Probably 15 minutes to 20 minutes top max. 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus at that time. 3,000. That's because they were operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. They were operating through revival. And because of that, as they were moving in, miracles, power was released. Very, very important. It always starts with a person in a private place of prayer. Once that person, steward, that personal revival and the life of a prayer, then God calls what is inside of that person to be manifest in every circumstances. And I believe that God is exactly what he's doing at the moment. He's stirring up something in our hearts to begin to pray to begin to engage, to begin to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. The Spirit is moving among some of us. For some of us, God is speaking about a purpose. We may include some kind of relocation. For others, God is speaking in relation to maybe a different type of job or a different type of ministry or even a completely change of lifestyle. For some of us, we may be calling to a full-time ministry. Whatever God is saying to you right now, begin to hear and listen and surrender your will to Him. When I listen to Isaac, as I mentioned early on, a full-grown young man able to throw away his dad when maybe trying to come and tidy him and literally surrender himself 
to his father as Jesus surrendered himself to the father. God's want to touch every person's life. Whether you are a believer or non-believer, God's want to touch your life this morning. But not only this morning. He has a matter of fact, he want to touch your life every single day. He's speaking right now. He's speaking. One of the things when I look in the situation that we're in at the moment, when we comes to revival or when we comes to this lockdown situation, we're sharing this um, yesterday in one of our program uh, show that we running on the Saturdays, Revelation Hour. One of the things that we share was the fact that there is a spirit of fear that has gripped this world where people are fearful for their health. They are fearful for their job. They are fearful for so many things. We had friends around us that lost family members and were unfortunately unable to go and see them. So there is a really sense of fear and anxiety. And to be honest, for many of people that I spoke to, of the unknown, they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. They don't know whether they will have a job. They don't know whether they'll be able to come back to job. There's so many a spirit of fear that, that's gripped this world that push our government, that push our leaders to make decisions based on fear and not so much based on what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. But what has been great in that time is during that time, the believers begin to gather and pray I, I never heard so many pray about nations and and and, and leaders where well, the bible clearly said that we need to pray for our leaders if we want to live a peace a peaceful life we need to pray for our leaders so we have been an increase of people praying for the country praying for the leaders and so on but one of the things that yesterday even though the, the world is created by fear the bible clearly said to us that he didn't give us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Believers this morning, I want us to believe to own into the promises of God. The promises that the revival will begin to take place. But we need to do our part. We need to do our part. We need to begin to pray and fast like we never prayed and fast before. We need to begin to read the word that we never read the word before. We need to begin to exercise the word that's speaking into our life in relation to what God says. He said he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So we need to exercise power, love, and sound mind in this season. Do you know why? Because our God that we serve, the Almighty One, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, is omnipotent. Is omniscient, is all powerful, all knowing, and he has given us authority. I want to pray this morning. I want to pray for those who are, may have struggled during that time, during the lockdown, may have struggled maybe to connect with God in a way that they would want to, but they haven't connected with. 
I want to pray for you this morning. If it's you, just raise your hand. I don't need to know who you are. Just raise your hand as I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for those who raised their hand this morning. Lord, I ask you today, Lord, that you're beginning to strengthen them in this season. They are saying to you, Lord, I want to pray more. I want to fast more. I want to read your, your word more. But I don't know how to do it. I don't know if I have the strength. I get too distracted. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus this morning that you remove any distraction that stop them to come close to you. I commit them into your hand in the name of Jesus. I pray indeed that during this season, Lord, you will begin to visit them. You will begin to speak to them in a new way and release your word personally into their lives in the name of Jesus. And I want to pray also, finally, for those who've been praying for Specifically, I want to pray for those. Thank you, Jesus. Specifically, I want to pray for those who've been asking to have an encounter of God with God. And I am talking those who want to hear clearly and have this encounter from God. They want God to visit them. I want to pray for you. If it's you, just write on a chat. You know, raise your hand on the side so I can see who you are, so I can mention you in the presence. If it's you, if you want that encounter with Jesus, just put it on the chat. I want an encounter with Jesus. Or say me, just me. That's fine. And I would pray for you. I truly believe this morning, God me. wants to do a new thing. Thank you. God wants to do a new thing. And I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, all of us who are actually raising me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I come before you and I raise my hand because I want to have an encounter with you. I raise Brian's hand because he wants to have an encounter with you. I raise Stephanie's hand because she wants to have an encounter with you. I raise Olivia's hand because they want to have an encounter with you. I raise Marcia's hand because she wants to have an encounter with you. And I raise Samantha's hand because she wants an encounter with you. And I raise all the hand, Father, that seek to have an encounter with you this morning. And Lord, I ask you today, Father, today, Lord, as we raise our hand before you and say yes to you, Lord. Yes to you, Lord. Father, come. Come and visit us in this time, in this season, so you can show us the path that you want us to get. So we can get close to you. So we can feel your presence, feel your love, and release your power upon us in Jesus' name. And Father, I commit the church, I commit all the visitors, I commit all the members into your hand this morning. And I say, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen.